Lord to show himself to you. Because I know you need it. We all need it. A connection with our God that's personal. He says, so the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands. And I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. Verse 4, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And I will give your descendants all of these lands. And by your descendants, all of the nations shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me. He kept my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would speak to us today, that through this scripture, we would meet you. We would leave here having encountered our God, who can change any situation, who can give victory to those who feel overwhelmed, and who can answer any prayer that we have today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on, high five two people and have a seat. I don't know about you, but I have this really unhealthy habit. Every single night around 11.30 or 12, I get hungry. Maybe it's the Mexican in me, and I'm just used to my father cooking tacos all day and all night. If you go to my dad's house at any time of the day, if he's there, he's either about to cook, he's cooking, or he's eating. That's about it. Any other time that he's not doing that, he's probably having coffee and some sort of Mexican bread. It's great. It's awesome. I'm used to, at all hours of the night, eating. You grow up in my home long enough, and you'll know that usually we don't go to bed until we have that last meal at about 11 o'clock at night. And it's a bad habit. It's really bad because every night I get this little feeling like I'm missing out on something. And then because I feel hungry and then because I, I, I have this feeling of emptiness, I, I usually make a bad decision. Because ain't nothing good open past 8 o'clock at night. I mean, except for places like Whataburger. Someone just said Taco Bell. We're going to pray for you. I think that was you, Jamie. Do you know Taco Bell got voted, listen, I got to do this now, unscripted. We had Mexican food night at my house church this week, and someone brought Taco Bell. Listen, it was good, Dante. It was good. I promise you it was good. I'm not trying to call you out. It was good. I had me a couple of them Supreme Tacos. Supreme Tacos with that sour cream just hits a little different. It's pretty good. I have this bad habit. I'll find myself on the streets at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night looking for something, and if I don't go cook something, 
if I don't go look for something, I wind up cooking something. In the middle of the night, sitting there, making some kind of food. Have you ever done that? Just out of nowhere, you just like, I don't want to get in my car and drive, but because I'm hungry, I'm going to make something. And, and then you look in your, in your, in your pantry, uh, you look in your fridge, and you see, oh, man, I don't have much. You don't have as much as you thought you had. And then you get to the place when you've, you've kind of made the decision, I'm going to eat something. And you go and you look, and you're disappointed because what you thought was in there is not in there. And now you've already set the course. You're ready to cook. And now, since there's nothing there, you kind of have to make something up. You ever make up a weird meal in the middle of the night? That don't make no sense. You ever put a couple things together that you know this really don't go together, but I'm doing it because I'm hungry. I've done that. Listen, I look up ramen hacks all the time. I found this new hack with ramen. It's incredible. It's a really cool little dish. You put like some QP, uh, QP mayo in it, put a little garlic, you know, you mix it all up, and somehow it comes out like you're going to this incredible ramen place. My daughter tried it, and today she was like, Dad, that thing you made, I really want it. Have you ever made something out of, out of your hunger that just didn't make sense? You ever mixed some foods that really shouldn't, shouldn't be mixed? I think ultimately we all get to that place sometimes when we're really hungry, when we make weird decisions with the food that we eat. We all get to a place when we're facing a lot of hunger that we make some weird decisions. This scripture that we're in today is about Isaac and the moment that he had to face when he was hungry. Not just him, but his whole family. Not even his whole family, but the whole land. There was a famine that was entering this land, and because that famine hit, it was time to make some decisions. And I think that you and me, we will find ourselves in this text because I think just like, just like Isaac, whenever we get a little bit hungry, whenever we feel empty, we tend to make some bad decisions. And yet what we're going to find here is a God who meets us in our mistakes and blesses us anyway. The Bible tells us here in this chapter, Genesis chapter 26, verse 1, now... There was a famine in the land. A famine literally means there is no food and there is not enough of whatever there is. That's what a famine means. And what we're seeing here in the life of Isaac is a, is a repeat of what happened to his, his grandfather. And what we see here is that God is showing him something that happened in the life of someone in his family, and he has the opportunity now. Did I say grandfather? It's his father Abraham. Sorry, every once in a while I get it mixed up. Father Abraham had many sons, and one of them was Isaac. Isaac is repeating what happened in the life of his father Abraham. We learn in Genesis chapter 12 that there was a famine in the land. Right after God gave Abraham a promise... After God told him that he would do something incredible for him, the Bible says a crisis hit. It was a famine. And the Bible tells us that Abraham made a mistake. He went to Egypt. God never told him to go to Egypt, but he went anyway. 
And now we see Isaac, and Isaac is faced with the same problem. It says, now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. Here is a son going through the same thing that his father went through. Listen, just because you're going through what your parents went through, what your grandparents went through, it doesn't mean that God's forgotten about you. I I counsel so many people who say, this problem that I have is the same problem my mom dealt with. This addiction I have is the same addiction that my father had. This issue that I'm going through, it's just a family thing. And and if you get real spiritual, we'll spiritualize it and say, it's a generational curse. And we start to believe that now because we're going through what our parents went through and and we're going through the struggle, our family's gone through. Now God must not care about us and God's plan must not be real. And yet we see that God answered Abraham even though he had a crisis happen in his life. And now he has his son the fruit of the promise, going through a similar problem. And and if it was me, I would feel God must not love me. I thought that God was for me, and now I'm going through a crisis. We have to be careful what we do, the decisions we make when we go through crises, when we go through struggles in our faith, when we feel like God has forgotten about us. Because at this point, what he's feeling is I don't have enough food to survive. And if you're like me, if there's not enough food, it can feel kind of desperate. If there's not enough money in the bank account to purchase food, to get what you're used to, you can get yourself into a real desperate state of mind if you're not careful. And here's Isaac. He does not have enough. He's in a place of need. Have you ever been there? A place of need, of extreme need. God, I really need you to answer this prayer. God, I really need you to help me get over this struggle. God, I really need you to help me in this area of difficulty. Not just your normal every day before I go to bed prayers, but the prayers that you pray during the day because you know you lead God. I say that as a joke because I know most of us, we, we usually pray before we go to bed and we ask God to take care of us. And then you fall asleep halfway through your prayer. And then you wake up and you realize you fell asleep halfway through your prayer. And then, and then you feel like you have to finish your prayer and say, okay, God, uh, amen. No, those prayers that you really pray about, those prayers that you don't ask people to pray for you about because they're too difficult. You ever had those prayers that you only pray between you and God you don't tell people about? Back in youth group, we used to call them unspoken prayers. I got an unspoken. Well, we know you're struggling, bro, because you got an unspoken. Isaac is dealing with a lack of something. And it's in these moments where we are lacking what we think we need that we face the next challenge that God wants us to face. It says, now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine that occurred in the days of Abraham. So, now we're going to see what Isaac does. So Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. Isaac leaves the promised land just like his daddy. But this time, he doesn't go to Egypt. This time, he goes to Gerar. He doesn't get to Egypt, but I'm promising you this. He's on his way. He's on his way to full-fledged repetition of what his dad did. Why is this important? 
The Bible tells us that God knows us. The Bible tells us that he knows what we're going to do, the decisions we're going to make, and he knows the the paths that we're going to take. At this point, I want you to know that God knows that Isaac is fully intending to go to Egypt. That's where he wants to go. Egypt had everything you could ask for. It had all the food. It had all the provision. And I know he knows his father's story that when his dad needed something, his dad went to Egypt. This is important for parents to understand because your kids will emulate what you do. This is important for you parents because your kids become what they see in you. And the reason he wants to go to Egypt is because he saw that his dad did that. It is so important that us, whenever we face moments of struggle, that we make the right decisions. Because whether we like it or not, the next generation is watching us. And I wonder what would happen if we had a church of people who valued the next generation enough that we made decisions today that we knew that if they saw it, if it was open for them to see it, that they, we would feel proud of them making these decisions. The Bible says that he was, he was going to Gerar because that was the first rest stop. It was like the Bucky's of today. I, I'm going to Bucky's. I'm going to Gerard first, and then, like, then I'm going to head to Dallas because it's a long drive. I hate the Dallas drive. It takes too long. And when I go to Dallas, guess what I do? I stop at Bucky's. That's what Isaac's doing. He's like, I'm stopping at Bucky's, but it's called Gerard. No beaver nuggets, no nice sandwiches full of nice, beautiful barbecue, but full of problems. Full of problems. The Bible says that he went to Gerar to Bimelech, the king of the Philistines. Hey, spoiler alert. We, we know who the Philistines are, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We know, right? David and Goliath. He's going to the place where giants are. He's going to the place filled with issues. Listen, sometimes we will, we will risk. We will risk going through a place full of giants and struggles if it means finding rest for the trouble that we have. Have you ever done that? Have you ever risked some things? Because you know, if I risk this, I, I might get some rest. I might get some answers. That's where, that's where Isaac was. You need to be careful when you start taking risks like this. He went to the place where Abimelech was, the king of the Philistines. If you go back to chapter 12, that's the, that's the title. Abimelech is not the name. It's the title of the king of the area. And his dad actually dealt with Abimelech at that time. So it's the, same, it's the same reign of kings that's happening, the same lineage of kings. He is reliving some things, and it's actually hilarious. He does exactly what his dad does. It says, verse 2, then the Lord appeared to him. This is a revelation from God specifically to keep him in obedience. And sometimes, you may not know this, but but sometimes God has somehow appeared to you and in ways that you don't even know it's him, the Bible says. The Bible says in Hebrews that sometimes we entertain angels and we don't know. I believe that some of us, on, on route to the biggest mistakes of our lives, God has sent messengers to try and stop us. And listen, if you haven't experienced that now and you're on your route right now into something in rebellion, let me be that messenger. Let this word be the messenger to you today. It says, the Lord appeared to him and said. I love that about God because, listen, I watch my kids when they're on their way to disobedience and I kind of laugh. 
When I tell them not to do something because I know they're going to hurt themselves and they go and do it anyway, I kind of like want to watch and video record it. Because to me, I told you not to put that right there. You're going to hurt yourself, but you're going to do it anyway. Now I'm going to laugh at you. I let them go through with it because I want them to learn. Here, God appears to him in the middle of a small rebellion. I love that about God. That he, he would appear. Listen, this isn't he gave him a word. This isn't God gave him a sign. God appeared to him. Because God wants you to connect with him in an intimate way when it comes to walking with him. It says he appeared to him and he said, do not go down to Egypt. Don't do it. I know you want to, but don't do it. And I want you to see this. He says, instead, verse 2, stay in the land of which I shall tell you. Sounds a whole lot like what he told Abraham when he said, go to the land which I will show you. Now he's telling Isaac, stay in the land of which I shall tell you. Verse 3, sojourn in this land. Okay, wait a minute. He said, stay in the land at which I will tell you, the land you're in now, just sojourn. I'm going to show you where you need to stay, where you're at right now, just sojourn. Sojourn means to temporarily stay, to wander, to walk around, not make it your home. He said, the place that you're in now, don't make it permanent. I will show you where to stay permanently. Why is this important? I think what the writer is trying to tell us here is that oftentimes we stay in places we're supposed to only be sojourning in. Did you hear me? I think that sometimes in our life, what God wants us to be temporarily in, we have set up shop in. I think that God has given us moments in our lives where he says, this is a good place for you to be right now, but I don't want you to stay here. And us, we see it as, well, I guess this is just where I need to be, so I'm comfortable, I'm going to stay here. Be careful when you get comfortable. God is saying, don't get comfortable in this land. I got some place else I want to take you. Don't get too comfortable here. And sometimes we stay in places that God is telling us to only sojourn in. We are in places that God is saying, this is just a temporary stop. For many of you, that's, that's you can fill in the blank. Of the places that God has told you to only temporarily be, you've set a permanent residence in. He says, don't stay here, sojourn, and if you do that, I will be with you. Now listen, this, this promise here is something he didn't tell Abraham. I will be with you. Why is he telling Isaac, I will be with you? I'll tell you why, because it says pretty clearly here that because he was traveling, he felt alone. It says, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants, I will give these lands. When he is telling him, I will be with you, what he's saying is, you're going to a land full of enemies, and you're afraid, and you don't know that you're going to be able to make it, so I need to encourage you in this way, that I will be with you. It's God's promise of protection for Isaac. 
I'm going to protect you even in these difficult circumstances. I'm going to protect you even though you feel alone. What we know about Isaac traditionally is that he was not like his father. His father would fight somebody. Abraham went to war. Abraham won battles. Isaac, what do we know about Isaac? He likes to hang out in the house. We read that in the chapter before. Isaac, he wasn't about being outside. He wasn't about playing with the bow and arrow. The Bible says he liked to cook and clean. He wasn't a guy that liked to do war. So he's on his way on this trip, and he's afraid. And, and here's the encouragement I have for you. If you're in a place in your life that you feel like, I'm afraid. I really don't know that I can do this. I really don't know if I can move forward. I really don't know if I'm going to make it. Here's the encouragement for you in your life, in your marriage, in, in your walk through school, in your ability to, 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 to gather up the, the, the energy you need to put one foot in front of the other. God is with you. God is with you. He says, I will be with you. That is the sense of encouragement that Isaac needed. God knew he's afraid. He doesn't know if he's going to make it because he feels alone. Here's the encouragement. I will be with you. God's with you. He's with me. And even if we're walking in a direction that God hasn't approved, he hasn't left us. That's the beautiful thing. The Bible tells us really clearly, I will be with you even to the end of the age. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So no matter where you find yourself today, you never find yourself alone. Because God himself is with you. And then God does something pretty crazy here. God does something pretty crazy is he starts repeating the blessing. Repeating it. God starts to remind him of the blessing that Isaac knew by memory. Because God already spoke it over him. But God is reminding him here, and he's doing it because he's afraid. And sometimes when you get into a crisis, sometimes when we get into struggles, sometimes when we face moments in our lives that seem too big for us, it's in those moments that the promises, they don't seem like they're for us anymore. That we forget the promises of God and we don't believe that they, that they attain to us. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you feel like, man, everything that they told me about in church, I don't really feel like that applies to me. I've done too much. I don't really know that this stuff that they talk about at church is something that's for me because of the place I am in my life, the struggle I am in my life. Isaac is in the land of giants and yet the promise of God still stands. Isaac is in a place far from home, and yet the promise of God still stands. You may not be in your home. You may not be in the place that you expected to be. You might be going through a crisis that you did not see coming, and yet I am telling you right now, God is with you, and his promise is for you, and he's good, and it still stands in your life. God encourages him, and this is what he says. Verse 3, I will bless you for you and your descendants. I will give you these lands. Listen to this words. Listen to these words. I will give you these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and I will give your descendants all of these lands, and by your descendants all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Do you see the repetition here? 
What's the repetition? Huh? You're missing it. Two words. I will. This is a definitive clause in this text. God is saying, you can be sure of this. I will do this for you. It doesn't matter how difficult things are. I know you're worried. I know you don't know if things are going to work out. I know you feel overwhelmed. You've left your place of safety. You don't feel really comfortable. Think about where he's at. He is not comfortable. He is out of his home. He is out of the place of comfort, and he is desperately looking for answers. And God says, I need you to know this. I will not fail you. I know things look bad, but I will fulfill my promise to you. Here's, here's what you need to know. It does not say here, I will just in case you do this. I will, but first. I might, but do this. This is reminding us of one thing really important for each and every one of us even today. Thousands of years later. Here it is. It's not up to you. It's not up to you. So much of us, we think that the things that we're going to see in our lives, the accomplishments, the, the goals that are met are because of our ability. And yet God's like, you have nothing to do with it. It's all me. I'm really glad that's in here because I'm a screw up. I'm really glad that that's in here because I make mistakes over and over and over again. And this is telling me even in my mistakes, even in the moments where I fumbled the ball, even in the moments where I don't do things the right way, God is saying it's not up to you. It never was up to you. It never will be up to you. It's up to me. And since my promises are sure and since I can make things work and apart from your ability, I'm going to make sure that you get this. I will. I will. I will. I need you to see this. And he says this, I will do this and all the nations will be blessed. Verse 5, why? That's the question. That's what we want to leave here with. Why? Let's get the band up here. Look, I'm trying to go keep it under 30 minutes every week now. What's up? Let me get the band up here. Play something nice just behind me. Make it sound real spiritual. This is, this is the key. This is the key right here, verse 5. When you look at the promises that God is trying to give him, when you see the way that God is trying to bless him, when you see the way that God is trying to protect him, when you see how God is willing to stay with him, even though he's made some mistakes, I want to know why. And I think deep down inside, I think you want to know why too. Have you ever said this, why me? Why, why would God do that for me? Why would God love me? See, the, the biggest question that we have is not whether or not we believe that God is love. It's whether or not God loves us. Your struggle is not that you don't believe that God is love. You know that God is love. You struggle with whether or not God can love you. Because we all make mistakes. The Bible says we fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that none of us can attain what God has for us because we have sin in our lives. So why is God doing this? I'll tell you why. Verse 5. 
because Abraham. I will establish you. I will give you these lands. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. I will give your descendants all of these lands. And by your descendants, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Why? Verse 5. Because Abraham. Wait a minute. So I get all of this because of my daddy. I get all of this because of my father. Yeah. Wait a minute. Look, look at it says. Because Abraham obeyed me and he kept my charge. He kept my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Didn't Abraham fail over and over again? Yeah, he did. And yet it says, because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And yet Abraham failed. Abraham lied. And yet Abraham fleed into Egypt when God never told him. Abraham went to Egypt not because God told him, but because the fear that he had inside of him guided him there. And sometimes you and me, we make decisions not because God sends us there or God points us in that direction. It's because we let the fear in our hearts guide us. That's Abraham. And yet right here, God is saying the reason I'm blessing you is because Abraham Hey, listen, what does that mean? God is more gracious to you than you know. God sees you in such a better light than you see yourself. God's grace and his mercy overflows and wipes us clean. And God, when he sees you, he doesn't see a failure. He doesn't see a liar. He doesn't see somebody who's, who's gone to Egypt when he should have stayed home. He doesn't see a man who lied about his wife. He doesn't see a man who slept with Hagar. No, he sees righteous saved people because of Jesus. So listen, I know that this text tells us that Isaac gets all of this because of Abraham, but I think Abraham gets all of this because of Jesus. That's what I think. I think that the reason that God can look at Abraham and see a righteous man is because of Abraham, as we see chapters earlier, saw Jesus' day and was justified because of it. Just like that, God can look at Abraham and say, because of you. Why is this important? Because the promises that God have for us, we can have them, not because of you, but because of Jesus. soul tonight at the promised land and the thing that God has for you in this life is not left up to your ability it's not left up to your goodness it's not left up to your ability to be perfect and follow everything it is left up to Christ and the perfection that he lived 
Why do we get access to the promises that God has for us? Why do we get access to the forgiveness that we need? Why do we get access to the power that we need? Why do we get access to the things that God promises to have here on earth? It's not because of anything we do. It's simply because of Jesus. He got his because of Abraham. We get ours because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus that we're set free from having to do enough, achieve enough, be perfect enough to be able to receive from God. It's because of Jesus that you are free from the impossible burden of having to earn God's love and acceptance. It's because of Jesus that you can't sin beyond the reach of God's grace. It's because of Jesus that the sins you can't forget, God doesn't remember. So today, it's because of Jesus. You can leave here with the confidence that what God has set before you, you can obtain not because you're worthy, but because Jesus is. And just how God told Isaac, I will do this for you because of Abraham, God is telling you, I will do this for you of my son Jesus stand up with me it says this in verse 6 it says this in verse 6 so Isaac lived in Gerar so Isaac lived in he was obedient he said okay I'm going to do it I'm going to do it now that I know that the promise is for me, I'm going to do it. Here's what you need to do. Start doing it. Start following God. Start, start being obedient to what he's saying. Not because your obedience gets you what he's promising you, but because you're thankful for the God who's made this possible. Then the Bible tells us in verse 12, this is what happens. You need to get this right here, verse 12. It says, now Isaac sowed in that land, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. He was in the land, and verse 12, it says, so he sowed, so he planted, so he opened up the ground, he put seed down, he covered it up, he watered, he became a farmer. He said, God told me, as long as I follow him, God is for me, so I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. I'm going to sojourn here, but listen, I'm, I know that if I'm going to stay here temporarily, I still have to sow. Don't miss it. Don't miss what's happening here. God is telling him, now that you are in this place, plant, sow some seed. Even though this wasn't where God would ultimately take him, he knew, I can't stop planting. Listen, here's the point. Don't let the temporary keep you from trying. I don't know if you hear that. This place that he's in is temporary. And usually when we don't feel like we've arrived anywhere, we don't give our full effort. Usually whenever we get to a place in our life where we think we're just, we're not quite where we want to be yet. I haven't quite hit that level yet. I'm not exactly where I want to be. It's in those moments that we stop giving our full effort. And here is Isaac, and he's in a temporary place. And just because he's in this temporary place, he doesn't stop trying. Don't let 
the temporary place you're in keep you from trying? We got to keep trying. We got to keep pushing. We got to get up every day. We got to give our best effort. We got to trust God with every step that we take, even if you're not in the place you want to be. Even if you feel like this is taking longer than it should be, it's time to plant, and it's time to sow. He said he sowed in the land, and the Bible said that same year he reaped a hundredfold. Everything he's planted, everything he sacrificed, what came out of the ground was a hundred times more, and the Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy, for he had possessions of flocks and herds and grazed households, so much so that the Philistines envied him. I thought this story started with a famine. I thought this story started with not having enough, and now you see a man who has more. Now you see a man who, because he trusted God, because he was faithful, because he understood that this isn't about me, it's about the righteousness of my Father, that God gave him the courage to, to continue to move forward even though he was surrounded by giants, even though things were difficult, and even though he was in a temporary place, the Bible said he did not stop planting, and because of that he had more than he ever had before. I wonder what God would do if we would stop being afraid. I wonder what God would do if we would start trying even though we're in a temporary place. I wonder what God would do if we would give him all of our effort. I wonder what God would do. I think I know what he would do. He'd overwhelm us with his blessing. He'd overwhelm him with what he wants us to have. He's good and he's able. And just like Isaac, you and me, we have something that we can reap. But will you sow? So will you plant? Will you sacrifice? Will you wake up in the morning and dig up the ground? Will you sweat behind the ox after you've opened it up and put the ground back in there? And will you wait? There's a difference between a sowing season and a reaping season. Once you plant, now you have to wait. It said later that year. We're too impatient. We're this church, we're impatient. We want things now. Why can't things get better? patience. Guess what? We're going to reap a hundredfold because I'm patient and I'm awake and I'm going to give God everything I got and every single day I'm going to wake up, I'm going to trust him and you should too and we'll see how God uses your life and blesses your life because you kept trying even though the time is temporary. can't wait to see what God does in your life. I can't wait to see what he does in our life and what he does through our church. You gotta keep trying. You gotta keep trying. If you wanna keep trying, why don't you just close your eyes? Close your eyes, just right where you're at. Just tell him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put one foot in front of the other tomorrow. I'm gonna quit being so sad and I'm gonna trust that you're with me. I'm gonna believe that although things don't look the way I want them to look, you will never leave me or forsake me. Come on, tell him that right now. I'm going to keep trying and the thing that started off as a famine will end up being a feast of abundance and overwhelming blessing come on if you believe that just tell them I believe come on I believe I trust you Lord today we ask that you would be with us Lord as we continue to trust you as we continue 
to plow and to sow and Lord to believe that you're with us on our journey and to believe God that you've got a promise for us that is good and it's not because we deserve it it's because of Jesus's righteousness that each and every one of us Lord we can have confidence in the plan that you have for us in our lives that today Lord we're we're gonna stop being so so sad that we we might not be in the place we want to be in but Lord we trust that where you're taking us is better that what you want to do is better and so God today even though we face famines even though we face needs even though we feel empty sometimes today we don't make the same mistake we made yesterday today we keep our feet forward today we keep going today we keep trusting and we keep planting and we're waiting in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, in our education, with our goals, with our plans, with our children, with our friends, with our family, we're patient. Because we're trusting you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put